0: Fantasy Football with the Dork and the Dude, from
1: beautiful Ben Oregon. I'm the Dude. I'm the Dork. Hello, Hello, Dude. Dork, good to see you. Good to be here for our inaugural
0: podcast. This is podcast number one of Fantasy Football with Dork
1: and the Dude. And I'd like to welcome you to the first podcast... I understand today we're going to be just going through our many years of fantasy and giving the listeners some tips on, you know, little hacks and things that have helped us over the years.
0: That's it. It's fantasy football for a regular guy, and you can uh, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and all the other podcasts that cover fantasy football. First, we'll be uh, talking about draft strategy. The reason we call him the dork is because he's the stat geek and the dork geek when it comes to fantasy football and all other sports. So, Ed, take it away and tell us uh, about your draft strategy. Well, no, let's start off with a little history. When did you first get into fantasy football?
1: Well, way back in the 80s when fantasy was first becoming a thing and, you know, i at the it was at an office i worked at and i was sort of had been the guy in the office who ran the con football confidence pools okay but i was um i got us the same group got us into a fantasy baseball league first actually and then we just moved into football and i did it oh maybe about 10 15 years and then um I left it for a while, and when you needed another in the league maybe 15 years ago... Sounds about right. I, uh, I jumped at the offer, and it, it's just been fun to be back.
0: Okay, well, my uh, start in fantasy football, weird enough, was, I think it was 1983, and I had a buddy that was into fantasy football. I'd heard nothing about it, and him and I uh, uh, co-owned a team. And this was back in the days before the internet and uh, everybody was drafting out of a magazine basically and uh, me and my buddy, we had no clue. I think we drafted some wide receiver that was out of the league before uh, season one with our first pick which was insane. Uh, And then I just played that one year. And then uh, late 90s, I would guess probably about 1998, uh, my friend Tom up in Alaska was in a fantasy league. and. I joined the league, and we were co-owners for a while, and then I finally got my own team, ended up winning the league eventually, and played that until, oh, 15, 16 years ago when I started our league, The Bottom Feeders. And so that's pretty much uh, our history with fantasy football. We're just going to dive in, guys, because uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Uh, we're going to try to be a little different. We're, we're not going to use a formula. But we're going to give you information, hopefully, and insight that you don't get on uh, other podcasts. So, Dork, go ahead. Take it away and uh, just give us uh, uh, the basic. And for all you guys listening out there, we're in a standard league, not a PPR or anything like that. So when we're talking and we're giving our rankings, we're giving our strategy advice, for the mo- most part, they are for standard leagues. Um if you're in a PPR league, you know how to tack on the PPR numbers to the numbers that we're going to give you in order to adjust it to
1: your league. So so go ahead, Ed. It's all yours. So one thing that I, as um, the dude mentioned, I am very much a stat guy. I love looking at stats. I love trying to figure things out and find the, the player that no one else might find. Now, there's also a lot more to this than just the stats. But um, one piece of advice I would give, if you've got a guy that you like, say, and just for the purpose of this, I'm using uh, rookie Brees Hall, who's, I believe, with the Jets. Um, And he's probably scheduled to start. But if you've done the analysis and are just falling in love with the guy, you know, don't hesitate to take him too early after the first maybe eight running backs it's all going to be kind of random anyways this year not not totally random but there there's a lot of randomness to this and if if you like a guy go ahead and target him and take him early you might look like a genius but you might look like a fool but that's part of the fun of it now i will say if you're in a situation like you're on the on the corner say in a 8 or 10 person draft and you have um, for instance let's say Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon and Brees Hall out there and you're thinking oh I might not get my guy Brees here if I let him go you know what take Chubb and Mixon and let Brees Hall go maybe you'll get him at the next turn maybe not but no sleeper is worth going so crazy over that you're going to pass up a valuable pick on Got anything to add to that dude?
0: No, I, th- I think that's pretty good, good advice, Dork. Um, um, there's nothing wrong with jumping up for a player a couple rounds early. If you want that guy, and he's going to be one of your flag players, that you're going to plant your flag with that guy, do it. Uh, because the odds are he's probably not going to be a, uh, around when most people are going to be picking him and We'll be talking about tears and, and other right. things like that later on, but um, I'm totally with you, Dork. If if you see a guy that you
1: like, just grab that guy. And chances are, if you like a guy, if, if your league is like ours where there's some real smart people in it, chances are someone else likes him too. Sure. So, yeah, just, if you got a guy, go after him.
0: Okay. I just want to cover some things about just... Your basic draft strategy depends on many factors. First of all, I discuss PPR versus non-PPR and other formats. We will only cover standard leagues, like I said before. Another important thing is the size of your league: 8, 10, 12, 14. Hell, some people play 16-team leagues. Your roster size. And by roster, I mean your total roster, not your starting lineup. Starting lineup numbers uh, are key, of course, but just your basic roster size and how you're going to utilize that over the course of the season uh, will play into your strategy for the draft. And most important, of course, is your league scoring system. Our league, the bottom feeders, we have a a unique scoring system that I brought up from Alaska. uh, and just modified it a little bit. And it rewards different things than a lot of leagues does. For example, running backs are heavily rated uh, in the scoring system, as well as uh, splash, splash plays, like over 50 yards, there's bonuses, over 300 yards for passing, over 100 for rushing, etc. And so that's the thing you really have to understand before you go into your draft and if you've been playing in your league for a while, you understand that, as well as when players are going to go based on their position in the draft. you have anything to add to that, Dor.
1: Well, also, know, know each position going in. As I've said before, the running backs are, they're in most leagues the most important position, and this year I've figured there's eight of them that, barring injury, should give you solid value. And whereas the quarterbacks, you can probably get someone similar to the best one in the later rounds, so you don't need to go early on them. So just know, you know, not only positional value, but what type of uh, production you can expect from your players and draft accordingly.
0: Yeah, I agree with that uh, totally. And uh, this year, like you said, it looks like, there's maybe eight good running backs. Uh, so usually in our league, for example, we're an eight-team league, uh, running backs go heavy in the first round. Uh, maybe on the turn someone will take uh, the number one wide receiver on their board or maybe even uh, Travis Kelsey or, or Mark Andrews, their favorite tight end or something. And then it's usually back to running backs again. And I think our first quarterback went in round three last year, whereas years ago when uh, – uh, quarterbacks used to go a lot earlier. I mean, they might go number one. Remember, Ed?
1: I can remember taking Aaron Rodgers in the first round once.
0: Yeah, I took uh, Pat Mahomes, uh, number one, uh, in one draft. And then, uh, of course, Andrew Luck was taken uh, uh, one year in the draft. In fact, I think he was, was it the year before he retired? Or was it no, the year I... he retired?
1: i drafted him not in round one but i drafted him the year he retired that's right I and when we did. took a break mikey showed me on his phone ed look at this
0: uh-huh yeah he retired right after the draft uh, which was bad for you but um yes i i totally agree uh that uh, uh you need to target by position uh, So you place values on positions, whether it be running back, quarterback, based on your scoring system. And that is going to be the factor that you use to decide when you're going to take that player in the draft. Um, And like I said, in our draft, it pays to go running back heavy. In most drafts, that's the case. I've been doing some mock drafts. And uh, running backs, uh, uh, they're going uh, pretty early. now, my personal strategy is I'll usually go running back, running back in the first two rounds. Depending on uh, who's available in the third round, I'll go best player available. A lot of times that might be that, well, last year I took uh, Patrick Mahomes, first quarterback off the board in the third round. Ended up being a mistake because in our scoring system, he ended up being the fifth highest uh, scoring back, so uh, quarterback, so I probably could have waited, but uh, I get a number one wide receiver, and I'm going to wait till round 7 through 10 to grab my second and third wide receivers because it's really stacked in those lower tiers, and any of those players could be your number one wide receiver by the end of the season. Um, and then I'm, I wait on tight end, kicker, and D uh, late in the draft, and I'll double up on those positions a lot of times. If I wait on a, a tight end till say, round 14 or something, I might come back and take a second one in round 15, just so, uh, because I don't have one of the top three to four guys, I want two guys, if I'm going to be one of the last guys taking a tight end, to uh, make sure that I'm hopefully hit on one of those guys. Now, uh, what are you looking at this year, uh, uh, Dork, since you have done some analysis already? Uh, have you kind of figured out where you're thinking of going in which round?
1: Well, as you know, Two years ago, I had the first pick, and at the start of the draft, and again, this was, we're used to, as a a backstory, we're used to everyone getting together. We have a a beer or two before the draft even starts.
0: And the previous year's winner has to bring pizza.
1: And the previous year's winner has to bring pizza. So it was a whole different dynamic because of COVID. We're drafting online, each from our, our separate places. And uh, I had the first pick, which I really didn't want that year. And um, right uh, as a a little before the draft started, I just kind of said, fuck it, let's try something different. I'm going to go quarterback first round. I took Lamar Jackson, and um, I went with the rest of the league jokingly and constantly called my no running back strategy by trying to find rookie and sleeper running backs later. Bad idea. Don't do that. That won't be my strategy ever again.
0: Well, sometimes it, it might work for you if you hit on those uh, later running backs, but uh, they're they're a crapshoot. It and, might. And uh, well, let's see here.
1: Yeah. Well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man.
0: Yeah, that's just like your opinion, man. But uh...
1: but um, you know. Y- your odds are best taking running backs first. And that's what I'm going to do in this draft. I will, unless there, we have an eight team league. I have eight running backs targeted. So one of them will be mine. And if I am lucky enough in the second round, two of them will be mine. And then I'll try and get a top wide receiver by round three, round two. If, you know, if I have to, but that's my plan. And then it's from there just try to go best available. But I will take, I will get as many good running backs as I can. Now, I'm
0: sure, like a lot of fantasy football players, you found yourself over the years, certain players that you like and you'll draft year after year if they're available where you think they should go. Right. Um, sometimes that's a good thing, uh, especially if they produce, but if they don't, Uh, It can be a problem because you're you're taking some guy you fell in love with because he had an awesome season two years ago. Then he got hurt last year, and you're going, well, he's going to bounce back. And and sometimes they don't.
1: Well, and a, a good example of that for me is Chris Carson. Yep. I've had him a few times, and he's been solid. Not great, but solid and good value for where I drafted him. Now, this year, he's coming back from injury. From what I understand, he's not even practicing yet. And Seattle drafted Kenneth Walker in early round two. And they got Rashard Penny, who kind of busted out like crazy the last four games last year. And I believe he's in a contract year, which might finally get his attention on football. Yeah, he is. And he could have a monster year. So I I would only take Chris Carson as maybe my fifth back. Because you're really not sure what's happening in Seattle.
0: Yeah, well, with the neck injury, which is what he has, uh, he's off my board. I won't draft him, Uh, especially, like you said, with uh, Ken Walker and Rashad Penny there. Those two guys, even if Carson is on the roster uh, at the start of the season, I'm anticipating those two guys are going to be in some kind of a committee uh, early on.
1: And for all you NFL players listening out there, you don't want to be off the dude's board, I'm just going to say.
0: Yeah, because uh, the odds are you'll never get back on it. Uh, I'm pretty vindictive when it comes to guys that have burned me in the past.
1: Well, I try not to be vindictive. I try to you know, keep emotion out of it and think with a clear head. But um, there are guys who, every time I pick them up, you can count on them getting injured. Every time I draft them, put them down for a bad year. the The original one was Braylon Edwards, but uh, there have been others, and um, there are some guys you should probably just stay away from.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, we oh. call him the Dork because he's a stat man, and so Dork, give us some of your uh, uh, prized information that you get when you run the numbers.
1: Well, one thing I I wanted to get into here is drafting players from bad teams. And I have put together some numbers here on the last seven years. Oh, God, here we go again. Dork alert. And um, what I've found is, especially in the case of quarterbacks and defense special teams, you're just going to want to stay away from the bad teams. Uh, quarterbacks. Now, you, go, now,
0: now, when you're saying bad teams, you're talking about bad teams regard as, as far as how many points they score and, and for fantasy purposes.
1: Just win lo- one loss. Okay. Okay, so when we're talking about quarterbacks, players who finished the last seven years in the top ten in standard scoring, 77% of them were on a, teams that were over five hundred. were on teams that had 10-plus wins, and just 19% of the top 10 QBs were on teams that finished below 500 in a total of two quarterbacks in the last seven years on teams that had under five wins finished in the top 10 of QBs. And obviously you want your QB to be in the top 10. So stay stay away from bad teams. On defense special teams, the numbers are even more stark. It's 81% of the top 10 were over 500. 14% of the top 10 were under 500 teams. And there was just one team with under five wins that was in the top 10, and that was the 2017 Bears, and they tied for 10th on defense. So just as a general rule, but especially for quarterbacks and defense special teams stay away from bad teams. Now, that would be this year if you take the Vegas over-under. At 4.5, it's Atlanta and Houston. At 5.5, it's Carolina, Seattle, and the Jets. And at 6.5, it's Chicago, Detroit, and Jacksonville. Now, I happen to think Detroit and Jacksonville might bust out and as a Bears fan, I think 6.5 is about um, 5.5 wins too high for the Bears. But those are the teams you may want to avoid on draft day because Vegas over-under odds are pretty close.
0: Okay, well, that makes sense. But what do you think about uh, <laughs> uh, the folks who say, okay, bad teams, are usually behind, their defense sucks, they're going to be throwing a lot, uh, uh, you know, there's that, Those folks out there that that believe in that, and I I thought about that. And for maybe one player on each bad team, you're going to get a pop, and he's going to be someone you're going to be able to play on a weekly basis. But for the most part, I'm with you. I'm staying away from those uh, uh, the loser clowns that are going to win five games.
1: Yeah, staying away from loser clowns. Good advice. But there's always a DeAndre Hopkins, I think, with Houston. He was the top wide receiver on maybe a four- or five-win team recently. And the running backs do have a little slightly better hit rate. So, you know, guys that come to mind there would be, well, Brees Hall, who I mentioned. Right. The Seattle backs, and um, David Montgomery from the Bears, so Well,
0: what about uh, DeAndre Swift with the DeAndre Lions?
1: DeAndre Swift with the Lions is another one. But I, I, I think the Lions are going to be well over six and a half wins. I, I like what that team's doing. But getting back to the point, uh, those are the players to stay away from.
0: And so, of course, uh, the inverse of that is you're, you're going to want to target players on the better teams. Uh, and, and what I look at is how many points they score per game. If they're scoring 28 or above, you're going to want those offensive players.
1: You know, especially especially as a fill-in, you know, when your, your big players are gone, it's just not a bad idea to have a, a Buffalo or Kansas City third or fourth wide receiver to, to throw in there because you know Mahomes and Allen are going to be lighting it up most games, and chances are these guys will catch a pass for you a touchdown and get some yards
0: yeah that's 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 a good point um it's kind of funny that uh uh when i'm thinking of the the real poor teams i don't know like you say maybe running backs uh, uh i might look at them just because they're gonna, they're going to get goal line opportunities they are but it's going to be harder for their tight ends and their wide receivers to score enough points to make it worthwhile for you to have them on your uh, starting roster anyway. You might have them on on the bench, but as far as starting them, no.
1: Right, and part of a bad team is often a bad quarterback. True. So you just don't want bad players on your team.
0: But, uh, you know, I'm looking at some of these younger quarterbacks. Let's take Jalen Hurts, for example. Yeah. Um, I think... uh, the last eight games or something, if I remember right, he, he finished uh, QB 6. And it was because he led uh, the NFC in rushing with 10 touchdowns. The well, last our, six weeks. In the last six weeks. Well, over the course of the season, he had okay. 10 touchdowns. But uh, he was number six scoring-wise in, you know, your average scoring system on ESPN or whatever. And so... In a league like ours, where you get 10 points for a rushing touchdown, five for a passing touchdown, depending on if it's 50 yards uh, or less, Um, a running quarterback uh, like a Josh Allen or a Jalen Hurts, or we've got guys coming up, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, uh, those guys, even though they're not going to put up the passing numbers just because of their rushing ability in your particular scoring system, Might be worth taking a flyer on as your number two uh, QB anyway.
1: I I would agree with that, but I also wonder if rushing touchdowns for a quarterback aren't a little erratic. I I wouldn't expect Jalen Hurts to get 10 again this year.
0: Want to put a little bet on that?
1: Do you want to do a side bet on this dude? I'll do a side bet. Want to throw 20 bucks on it? You're on. Okay, Jalen Hurts plus or minus uh, 10 touchdowns this year. I got the under... The dude has the over.
0: Okay, so if he scores 10, I win.
1: If he scores 10, you win, yes. Okay, I'm so in So let's on that. call it the over-under at 9.5.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Um, the reason I like that bet uh, myself is not only did he put up 10 last year, but I think that they're going to be a better offense. They're going to have more red zone opportunities, and uh, he could be like Cam Newton was you know, six, seven years ago when the dude was scoring 12, 13 touchdowns on the ground and, and, and then throwing for 30.
1: Well, he might. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. You might, you might. Okay, that's the one we wanted. We're working out the kinks here. It's our first episode. So we will get it right, trust us.
0: Well, and I'm sure we'll get it right next week when you're controlling the board.
1: <laughs> that, that's going to be a disaster. <laughs> Tune in for some podcast comedy.
0: <laughs> okay, well, we've talked draft strategy. We've given you a few names of players that we like that fit the particular strategies we're talking about, which, of course, we are tailored to your league scoring system, as I said earlier, which you know if you've been playing fantasy uh, uh, football. So, we're going to kind of wrap up this uh, first podcast for fantasy football with the dork and the dude. And, uh, Dork, why don't you tell us a little bit about between now and a person's fantasy draft, and even through the course of the season, things that they can do to pretty much stay connected uh, uh, to fantasy football so that when it comes time for the waiver wire or whatever the case may be, they're ready?
1: Well, the important thing to remember is being first matters. Um, you're probably not smarter than the rest of your league. And even if you I are, am. it's pretty close. Sure you are, dude. But, um, you know, just stay updated. It ju- it doesn't take much to, you know, look at, read fantasy first in the morning. Get fantasy alerts sent right to your phone. And when you get them, you got to make a move. And I'll go back a few years... And this was just dumb luck on for me. I had a free XM radio subscri- uh, thing happening, and I was listening to Fantasy, and I think it was Labor Day weekend. And this was when Le'Veon Bell was holding out, and basically the co- host said, whatever you're doing now, go pick up James Conner. So I did. I mean, I had to drive home first, but I picked up James Conner because the Pittsburgh running backs are going to be good and he had a chance to be the running back for the year. Well, he was, and he was awesome for me. And later I found out that another league member was about seven minutes late because I went right to the computer and picked up James Connor when I got home. So just be ready to move when you've got a chance and you can steal every year there's a chance to steal a good player on the waiver wire, and you got to be ready for that because you need every edge you can to win.
0: Well, that that's a good point because if you're not connected, and let's say the waiver wire is on Tuesday night, which it is in most leagues, and some dude gets hurt in practice on Thursday, the guy that's going to grab his backup, depending on which team it is and who it was that got hurt, they might position themselves uh, to win the league uh, just by picking up that one guy and you're right. Sometimes it's a minute, two minutes, five minutes of beating somebody out, and it's because you've got the information before they did.
1: And moved right to the computer and made the pickup.
0: Yeah, they didn't hesitate. Uh, I, uh, last year, I had a couple of uh, those instances where a guy came up, and I go, I should probably grab this guy, and I hesitated, and boom, somebody snapped him right up.
1: Well, a few years ago, the, and this, this is a little different but I just remember thinking about maybe it's time for, to pick up Derrick Henry, who had been something of a bust, and then the next that Thursday I think he went for 275 yards and has been the RB1 ever since until he got injured last year. But, you know, just make a move when, when you think it's time.
0: Yeah, I've, I've gotten better at that. I used to hesitate, and I would overanalyze, so I was having paralysis by analysis and uh, I hesitated, and then, boom, someone picked them up, and then that player paid off uh, for them. Um, we'll be talking more about the waiver wire when the season starts and everything, but being connected is really important when it comes to picking someone off the waiver wire. Wouldn't, don't you think, Dork?
1: I, I agree, and and like I said, there are tools out there where they will tell you when, fan, you know, you will get alerts on your phone when fantasy news breaks. Um, use them.
0: Yeah. Good advice. Well, we're going to wrap this up. I want to thank everybody for listening. Remember, again, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and all the other podcast uh, centers that handle fantasy football. Just uh, do search Fantasy Football Podcast, and hopefully you'll find us and you enjoy what we're doing, and you'll listen again to The Dork
1: and The Dude. So, great show, Dork. We'll see was, you next week. This was fun, dude. Let's uh, let's do this again. Thanks for listening to the
0: Dork and the Dude podcast, number one.